0: Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 23 of Sword and Spirit, a podcast by First Baptist Church Bay St. Louis. Today we've got part two of the topic parenting. So without
1: further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome back to Parenting Podcast Part Two. Today I have Miss Christy and Miss Betsy with me again, and this is Lacey hosting, and we're going to pick right up where we left and answer some more of y'all's questions. So the first question for today is, how do I get my child to obey rules? I think we touched up on this a little bit
0: um, in our earlier pad- podcast, the part one, but consistency is key um, and reinforcement. We have to establish firm discipline, discipline, but um, our consequences need to point out. Um, when we're looking at that, we need to point out what God says about obedience, you know, and that the blessings that are involved in obedience. Referring back to Deuteronomy 28, 2 through 12, and he talks about the curse, you know, in 15 through 68. Take that in with your kids. Take it in, like, read about it. Also, the pulling the rug out from underneath them is huge. Um, We need to also pay attention to kids that have ADHD, ODD, all these different diagnoses these days, and not make that an excuse, Mm -hmm. but get them some help. Okay, so find the tools that work for those kids being um communication with their teachers or whoever's working with them to let them know what's going on but um don't don't make it an excuse and um but
2: get them help so and i think making a big deal when they follow the rules oh yes right yes you want to celebrate you want to say thank you so much for being obedient for um obeying right away Thank you for following that rule. You know, really giving them positive attention. Because um, I think, you know, a lot of times behavior is attention-seeking in different yes. ways. And so we want to pay attention to when they're doing something well and making a big deal about that. And I think uh, everything Betsy said is true. And just remembering how you get them to obey rules, find those things, and intrinsically motivates them. Oh, yeah. Each kid is different. And so whether that's rewarding them with those things when they do the right thing, whether it is restricting some of the things they like when they don't. And I'll say sure, like that consequence, that natural consequence, like we can't go. You're not going with us to get ice cream. Or, you know, today when you looked at that thing on the technology and you told me about it, thank you, you did. But I feel like for a couple of days, we're going to need to be off the technology to to get our minds right you know and those kind of things and always doing it with a calm and even expression but especially if they do something really well go thank you that was so awesome thank you for being obedient really making a big deal about following through
0: i think also like you could have like a family meeting if you're having this persistent disobedience get on the same page and say, hey, what rewards would you like to see? Right. And you try to be creative with that. It could be, like, if it's a young child, it could be, I'm going to play Barbie dolls with my daughter for, yes. for 30 minutes, you know. Um, so it doesn't have to be, like, monetary. Right. It, it could be time, um, and it could be, like, we're going to go to the park.
2: You um, get to you ride know. in the front seat for get, two days.
0: Exactly, yes. You know, I'll cook creative. your favorite meal, you know. You get dessert tonight. Right. You know, so it doesn't have to
1: be um, something that takes out of your pocketbook. Right. All right. Our next question is, how do you teach your children to respect their authorities?
2: Well, I mean, I think we kind of talked about that. I think when you model respecting, we talked about that in part one, when you model um, respecting the authorities, how you respect other authorities and how you tell your children, hey, um, I expect you, you know, whenever whenever I drop my kids off anywhere, I'm like, hey, I expect you to listen to what, you know, if I'm dropping them off, Betsy's house, Lacey for church. Hey, I expect you to be obedient to what Miss Lacey asked you to do. I expect you to be respectful. You listen to what she asked. Now, of course, I've told them. Of course, if someone asks you to do something that's uncomfortable and not safe, Mm -hmm. okay, we've had that conversation. If you have not had that conversation with your kid about, you know, their body, other things, of course, we don't, we say no to that. But if it's something like someone asks you in class to, you know, be quiet or (laughs) we have to do this thing, I do try to just tell them to be respectful to authorities that are asking them to do something that's not dangerous or unsafe. And I think we do that by modeling that we're on the same page and not talking about that situation in right. front of them. Like we might have a situation with a teacher, but maybe I don't talk about that in front of my children. I'm talking about that with my husband privately because I want to put on that front and I want to support whoever's in authority, dance teacher, you know, piano teacher, school te- you know, I homeschool my kid, but any other person sports. they go to, sports, mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how you do it, by respecting people yourself and then showing your kids that you respect them and vice versa, respecting one another. Um, I think that helps.
0: Yeah, and also these days you might they may end up in conversations or um, with coaches if you're not in a Christian sit setting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of different views that are going out. And so we need to teach our kids how to respect and not, and not agree with them and that right. that's okay. They don't need to have a debate with that person. Um, and then as they mature, you may be teaching them how to have those spiritual conversations on how to stand firm and how to speak light right. in situations. But um, just be- just because they know it's wrong does it not necessarily mean they need to be saying it. And, or, or are we teaching them how to say yeah, it? Yeah, the you tone, know? right? Right. So um, I think you covered the best.
1: All right. Our next question is: Should I assign specific chores to my kids? And should they receive an allowance for them? So, I think this can also um, go a little bit with the authority when I
0: say, um, you know, when, when the kids have trouble having authority, maybe giving them a chance to have authority, right? Right. And, and, and so, like, that could be with chores. You're looking at chores, and they, they're like, you have your room, you have to keep clean, um, and different chores throughout the, the house as well. But um, I think that chores are important because we're teaching our kids how to be adults, right, to live on their own later on, and um, whether they get paid or not, we pay them in the home, because I think that it it teaches a lot about, I mean, we can go into balancing a checkbook, we can go into budgets, we could go into tithing with them. There's so much that you can teach with that money management. Um, We've even gone to the point that I have my kids rate themselves on the chores that they've done. Have you done a good job? Because Do you believe you've done a good job? Do you think you've earned the money for this job? Because I want to teach my child how to do a job in excellence, right? Everything we do, God calls us to excellence. So I don't want them to just be fluffing off because they get older, they're going to fluff off on their job. That's right. And so um, I think it's key. And I need to also, they need to learn that they're part of the family and the family works together. The family all has jobs. We help, we support one another. And and working, doing these chores within the home is you're helping yourself and your family. And we need to learn how to do that. We need to serve when we can serve. So and um, the more skills we learn, the more we can be helpful to other people in other homes or in our in our future.
2: Yeah, and I agree with that. We also we give an allowance and uh, I agree with everything. Betsy said we use it as a way to teach because I tell him your job is to do this if you do it well. Because we are trying to teach them to have jobs later, right? If your job is also to the school, I tell my daughter, she doesn't get paid to do school, but I'm like, your job right now is a student. And we want to do that to the integrity of the Lord and yes. all the things. That's even studying. And, you know, she she even told me one time, I, I didn't really, I wasn't good today. I said, oh, what do you mean? She's like, I was in my room, but I really wasn't. I just kind of cut some corners on my work. And I said, well, oh, how do you feel about that? She's like, yeah, I didn't feel good about that. I didn't feel like that was right. I said, oh, well, thank you for telling me. Did you, you know, we, we can talk to the Lord about that. Thank you, you know, for recognizing that. And I think, you know, but other ways, we're preparing them to get up. They've, they've got to do it. I hope they will want to do a job at some point. And I think part of that is our job as parents is preparing them. And like you said, as they get older, increase in that control and what they feel like they they have a part to do and actually when they're teenagers i would involve them in what chores they want to do and how and you know what allowance do they think is appropriate and Chrissy, right
0: yeah like and do we have to pay them like we can be creative yeah on, you don't on things. Always like, have, it doesn't to have to monetary. be monetary
1: yeah all right our next question is how should i how much should i spend on my kids for the holidays when do you tell your children about santa and is it okay that I am in quotes lying to them about this? I think that
0: it's personal to you and your budget. I can't tell you. That's right. I think we we do need to um, do it in moderation, though, right. because we need to focus on what is the reason for the season to begin with. Um, so maybe teaching them more of like giving than receiving. Yes. Um, Wouldn't the Santa the Santa aspect? Um, I think if your kid believes in Santa, they're going to ask you eventually, because they're going to hear. And so then you have those conversations. But um, if you talk, talk to them, I don't, I don't like the word lying about Santa, because I think that it's, you can teach Santa as a spirit, and there you can talk about St. Nicholas to them, and them them develop um, the idea of what Santa, the spirit of Santa is. Yes, right. I, but it's, if you choose to do so, you need to make sure that I, be, I feel that we need to make sure that we're making Christ the center of exactly. Christmas. So like yeah. we do elf on the shelf at home, but the we night before the night before um, Christmas Eve the elf wraps up all the babies Jesuses all over the house and then they go kneel before nativity scenes. Yes. you know like so they do things like a lot of times what they do like when they're changing they're, they'll they'll be honoring God in some kind of way just pointing it all back to Christ. So like it pointed back to the fact that our real gift, is Jesus. So the yes. kids will open up that last gift. After they open up their presents from Santa and from mom and dad, they open up that present and we talk about it. So what is the real reason? Why are we even celebrating? Oh, also, if you, um, I know this kind of goes off, but like you can even write your child a letter it um, from Santa that talks about Christ. You know, like, when you Because I know some people will write letters to Santa, respond to them focusing back on Christ. Right. You know, why do we celebrate this?
2: And I think, you know, it's a personal choice for yes. people. I mm-hmm. get that. But I do, I'm with Betsy, I think imagination. Yes. Um, fairy tales. You know, we don't say that we're lying to our kids when Cinderella, you know, met her prince or the girl kissed the frog. They, they know that's fairy tales. So you, you talk about it. But like Betsy said, there was a real man named St. Nick. Uh, our family does several different things, and we do the Jesse tree, Yes, we which do that. is so awesome. And I've, And I've told my kids to respect other people. Different families do different traditions. One of our tradition is Santa. One of our traditions is Elf on the Shelf. We love the Jesse tree that brings us back to the focus of who Christ is. And I think more, more importantly, Jesus is the reason for the season, to use the quote. But it is. And actually, Christmas should be year-round when you have Jesus in your heart. Yes. And that's what I've told the kids, you know. Um, it's the greatest gift, and it keeps on giving throughout the year. So I think it's just in how you do it and how you make Christ the center.
1: All right. Our next question is: When should I have the talk about sex with my kids? And should parents be the one to give the talk, or someone else?
2: Definitely, parents uh, need to be the one giving that talk. I okay. I know some of y'all are listening to this and y'all getting nervous because y'all <laughs> like, oh, I don't, I don't like to say sex. I don't like to say other words. Um, if they don't hear it from you, they're, they're going to hear it from their peers. And a lot of times it's uh, not in a godly way. Yes. Right? It is looked at as something that is cheap, that it is an imitation. And why is that? Because a lot of them don't come from the same background. We know that... It's a thing that God gave in the confines of marriage. We also know that sometimes it happens outside of marriage, and God will redeem that as well. And I think that's why we have to have those conversations. And I think you can even have those conversations. I will say this. When my kids ask me any question about a body part, about something they see on TV, I answer truthfully maybe I don't answer in a two-hour conversation going real deep into something that their age is not ready for but I do make sure that I'm not ashamed to talk about the body parts or what that looks like or this I do think that in that age of of, uh, girls around maybe the you know 10 11 I mean anytime between 11 and 13 you probably want to have some conversations about how their body is changing what that means. there's some awesome things you can do. you can do passion for purity, which is a great yeah book you take your daughter and they have them also for boys. I can't think of the name of that right now, but you just take them all for a week. it doesn't have to be like you have to go to a hotel and spend all this money. You can just take them somewhere you can even just go out, you know, spend some time watching watching these videos, having the discussion. If you don't, if you feel like I can't have this discussion, they do have videos where right. you listen yes. together and you talk. Now, me, of course, I, you know, that's what I do in South Asia, talk a lot about women's body and different things. So for me, that's something we do. But those videos are awesome, and we have to bring it back to Christ, what Christ says, and we have to be important that, especially with our with children, we we're talking about their body is a temple for the Lord and making those decisions um, to wait for the husband or wife also to to be honoring. Yeah. And not only when we talk about sex, it shouldn't be just the sex talk too, how we honor Christ in the clothes we wear, how especially with our young girls, modesty plays in to helping our brothers in Christ in different things um, and just doing the whole thing it's not just about sex. That's an important part. But right. we know there's a lot of things that lead up to that. It's the holistic part of it, our mind, our body, how we're viewing things, how we're how we're doing that. So I think we do, and it definitely needs to come from us, it definitely needs to come from a spiritual perspective about what God says and how we do that. And you know
0: your kids the best too. So, exactly. I mean, it's such a gift to, to – um, I know it's hard – I know for us to i mean even as as a counselor i mean that was a nerve-wracking conversation for me but it's okay to have a resource yes. i mean like there are books out there i mean my both of my kids read a book and then we discuss it we followed but i found recently that the um the american family um focus on the family i'm sorry focus on the family has a good program it's called let's see it's launch into the teen years and so there's several different there I think there's five different issues that they face up face um, that they talk about and they lead up into that discussion. Mm-hmm. But it talks about what we were created for. I mean it starts with Christ and, and it's it's beautiful and um, and they, they suggest taking a week and going about or even going going from nine years old to twelve years old. That's right. that's like prime time. Like they're going through that and they need to have that discussion.
2: So, And and I will say this for parents, especially um, in the preteen years for girls and boys, especially boys, their Mm -hmm. body starts changing, different things happen. You know what I'm saying? They wake up, they're like, I don't know what's happening here. And we do need to have conversations about that. It doesn't need to be shameful conversations. We we want to be talking about that, what our body does. And if you need to have somebody come also in, get a trusted person that the kid the kid trust and you be in that conversation as well if you don't feel like you know say it's coming from us if you feel like i need another resource it can be a book it might it could be a trusted friend but you do need to be in the conversation and in present with mm-hmm.
0: them and try to make it as light as possible yes. when you can yeah.
1: all right our next question is when you have multiple kids how do you make time for all of them individually and not show favoritism So I um,
0: heard this suggestion from a wise parent who had like seven kids. (laughs) She said, I I had a hard time figuring this out. And then one day I was like, there's seven days in a week. What if I just assign each day of the week to one of my children and just give them the simple moments? Like I've got to go to the store. Um, So-and-so is going to come with me today and we'll stop and get an ice cream or um, you could ride in the front seat today because it's your day. Or I'm gonna cook your favorite meal. What is it today? And so, like, just a just a simple way. If it's just like, it doesn't have to be the big things. It could be the simple things that you are already doing. I'm um, doing it together, playing a game. Um, it's just being purposeful about that. It's it's taking the time to say I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna do this, and um, and not just waiting it for it to happen because sometimes it gets away, and but sometimes God does present those times and just take
1: them. Take every opportunity that you have, yeah.
2: I, I think you said it well, Betsy.
1: All right, our next question says, for single moms, how would you suggest balancing time between work, school, and a social life for your kids? And is it a possibility to homeschool when you're a single mom?
2: Now, granted, um, when I give this answer, I am not a single mom, so I'm not going to even begin to say that I know uh, how that is, but I will say this. I could not homeschool my kids effectively if I did not have my husband's help or somebody's help, so I feel like as a single mom, wow, you've got lots on your plate. You're providing uh, financially for the kids. You're being the mom you're you know providing food you're cooking all this I think my question would be for you to think about is it possible for you to do all those effectively I I don't know I can't speak for you but I feel like if there's a way that they can be in school and that and you take that off the plate if if it's something that you can have conversations about if something comes up at school that you don't agree with by all means yes but I feel like that's really um, a lot on your plate, really a, a big burden. So I think it has to be something that you pray about, but I think you have to think about, I want to be all in for my kids, but adding this on, is that am I going to be able to do all those things? What's most important, to be there presently for my kids um, or to be so spread thin that I'm doing the best I can and because and, I feel like if there's something else that we can get to help with us, uh, sure. But I think um, if there's, we also have to know the reason why. You know, why are we wanting to homeschool them? Did something happen that we could go and get some help on that particular situation, right? Um, maybe not take them out of school. If it was an isolated incident, can we talk about that? Can we talk with the teacher? Can we talk with a friend? Can we find out what happened and make some plans on that, you know? um that would just be what i would say um I, i'm not a single mom so like i said all you single moms out there listening man you're awesome and and i just uh, am so thankful that the lord is so gracious to give you strength and and support but i think you've really got to be praying and really asking the lord what he wants you to do in that situation
0: right and then so for the balancing of the time you know, you may just have to be more purposeful, like we're talking about with the kids, right. like in the in the previous question. Um, you know, what is doable? You know, in sticking to that, like, can I go and do something with a friend once a month, every other month? You know, what what is doable to with my my other children? Like, just have giving them a day. You know. I've got to see what, I've got to lay out what are my tasks right. and what can I do because you have a lot on your plate.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, and the homeschooling thing, maybe it can be possible, but do you have the support system right. in place or are you working from home, you know, so there there could be some other things. Um, Is there
2: a co-op and, near that you can join?
0: Right. But then again, I think you need to go back to the um, making a decision and say, you know, like, um what is my purpose here? Why do I want to do it? Okay. And, um, and what is my, my, my first responsibility? What does God call me to first? And then go through there and see, cause the door is going to open or it's going to close. Mm-hmm. Be in right. prayer about it. Let the, let the Holy Spirit convict you, um, and not let our, um, what everybody else around us is doing like, cause we want to, we want to do what's best, but it might not be what's best for my kid.
1: Alright our next question is if your child does something that causes you to lose your trust in them, such as finding something bad on their phone or getting caught with alcohol or drugs, how do you restore your trust in them? So
0: I think right here you have to look first off with the remorse, where the heart is. So if they're willing to admit that um, they were in the wrong or see what went wrong and be able to talk to you about that, that's huge. And so you need to really praise them for that. Yeah. Um, because that, I mean, there's so many temptations out there right now, um, especially for teenagers. And um, you might need to develop a contract with them, you know, like, okay, so you might l- lose your phone because something happened or you may not be able to go out with this friend anymore. I don't know the circumstance, you know, but um, you have to backtrack with them. Okay, like what, what what um, started the influence so that you have a little bit of a natural consequence. And it may be severe for a while. I mean, not, you never get it over again. Like be careful saying you will never have a phone again. Be careful with those that kind of right. terminology. like be reasonable. Like, okay, for the next three months, you will not have a phone or you will, you will not be able to do it. And, and, um give them opportunity, like watch them, give them opportunity to be trusted a little bit at a time and kind of evaluate that. And it's all going to depend on them and um, and what whether their heart is ready to make a difference, I mean, to make a change. But this also might be a time that you that your child may be calling out for help. They need That's time right. with you. There might be something else going on. And um, so you've got to explore it a little bit more in there, too. Like, what are they asking for that I'm not seeing or I'm not hearing? And um, so I need to, like, just get my... Um, my parent, um, little eyes on and say, okay, what can I do to help you? Is there something that's missing? And exploring that with them.
2: I think also um, talking with them about trust yeah. um, all the way through. Um, I trust you, but there are ways that that trust might lessen, you know, depending on this also if whatever they find if they get caught with alcohol or drugs you know I, I don't know that that said that here if find something bad on their phone they get caught with alcohol and drugs I think the reaction is key here I think um I know this is gonna make people nervous I think I, of course I don't want you know my kid getting caught with alcohol and drugs but I'm not gonna come at them real crazy like you know and just yelling I, I need to figure out like Betsy said wow what you know well, let me get the whole story first and then really talking with them. But hopefully up until this point, I've established that, hey, let's talk about this. Mom is uh, pretty disappointed right now, yeah. you know, but I want to know, I want to understand what happened and let's talk about that. And of course, after we do, yeah, you're not going to be able to go with those friends for a little while until I feel like we, I can trust that you're going to make the right decision or them too. So maybe they can come over to the house. and We can hang out over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, and you, and you build that up, you don't, I think we have to be careful. I think we do have to have the boundaries, but I think we've got to explore and we want our kids to know that they can be forgiven. And that we love them because God gives us grace and he forgives us in reconciliation there. So I, I don't want that to be the cause of your parent relationship breaking, right? Yes, um, yes. we have to have the, the consequence, but not at the expense of, of your relationship. You've got to show that love and be able to handle it and show them. I, I know you're upset with me right now that you're friend you can't go with them. But I love you and I'm I'm so happy that you're here and that didn't have a different different outcome. outcome. Yes. But if they want to come over here, I'm fine with that. But until I can trust y'all by yourselves, you will be over here in the view of what I'm doing and there will be no phones. They will be out there by the door. And if you need to use the phone, you can let me know. So I think there's just ways to do it. But please in a loving, in a loving yes, way. Yes. We have to do it.
1: All right. Our last question. Is there any other advice, tips, or words you would like to leave the parents with as we bring this podcast to a close? Well I think you need to remember, God chose you specifically
0: for your child. That's right. He knows what's best for them, and um, and also that He can redeem all circumstances. You know, He says that in His Word that He does good for all those who love Him. You know, He will He will bring it back around. Um, if you are struggling with comparison, or if you're struggling with issues of parenting, and you're just you're having a hard time. Dig into the Word, Ephesians, um, first three chapters of Ephesians, going into um, just reading that, just marinating that. And in that, like, what does God say I am? And um, and taking that with your kids. Pray for them. And, like, teaching them how to memorize Scripture is is super, super good as well because it's um, it's going to help them to um, fight the lies of Satan. And that it's all around us, and it's going to help us to take Take those um, lies, take captive of those lies, and just um, be able to fight the spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual battle. And um, praise the Lord. He wins, right? That's right. But um, we need to remember that we have to equip them along the way, yes. teach them how to put on the armor of Christ. and so, But we have to do it ourselves so that they can learn yep. to do it.
2: I think one thing that I would say at the close is modeling, hmm. right? Right. That's hard, And when we model something that's not right, we have to explain it, you know, and we have to ask for forgiveness. Um, I think some things we've already said, praying, you know, you've got to have that time in the Word. You've got to have God's guidance. Um, A book that has really helped me over the years is Praying Scripture Over Your Children. Praying God's Word is a really good book. I know there's a lot of good books in the resource room here at the church, um, ask Lacey. She's got a lot of good recommendations. You know, shepherding a kid's heart, some other different things, if you want some resources and tools. But of course, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the greatest tool, the Holy Spirit. You have God's Word, and uh, that does not go void. And if you are praying Scripture of your children, if you are sharing Scripture with them, if they are reading it, it is going to manifest itself, but you have to be, you know, continuing to Diligent. do that. Yeah. And one thing I would say, if, if your children argue a lot, one thing is I, I have my children, if they're arguing and they're not speaking kind words to one another, that's, that's how we say it, then I uh, put the timer on and they have to go and copy Ephesians 4. Um, 28 20 you can through 31. Yeah, yeah, 28 through 31. Sometimes if you want to do two of them, mm-hmm. uh, an angry word turns away rather. Okay, so, and then they have to write that for 10 minutes. Now, one can write it multiple times more than the other one. And then they need to go to their room, and they have to ask the Lord when they need to make it right with one another, and then they pray with one another. I I tell them, that's, that's what you need to do right now we were not speaking kind words. You need to go to the word and then you need to go in your room and you need to think about it. And man, some sweet prayers have come out of that. That's just an idea if you want to do that anything. You 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 want to point your kids to asking the Lord to help them make it right too. Of course, sometimes we have to make it right with them, you know, and model that for them. And so I think that would be what I tell you and just remember, you're going to have days where you don't do the right thing, and that happens. And, uh, so we just ask the Lord for forgiveness. We ask our family for forgiveness and we come back and we try it again. Uh, and that's just what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be about. We're human and, uh, that's, that's all we can do.
1: All right. Well, I want to thank y'all so much for listening to our parenting podcast. And I want to thank Miss Christy and Miss Betsy for coming and answering these questions for us. I want to remind you, Miss Christy mentioned it, but we have resources here at the church. You can come by the children's room anytime and check them out. We have books for your kids, Christian books, books on emotions, all kind of things. We have books on parenting, marriage. We have family devotional books. We have Christian movies and TV shows, all kind of things that you can check out to use at home. But as we close, before we end, I want to pray for y'all. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll be finished. God, I thank you so much for each and every parent at our church. The parents who are listening to this podcast and maybe even future parents or whoever you've brought to listen to this, Lord, I pray that you have used this podcast to speak life and encouragement to these parents and that they will know that they are loved by you and that there's grace, Lord. And I pray that they will be able to forgive themselves just like you forgave them, Lord. And I pray that they will be able to just continue to raise their kids up in the Lord and um, follow you and teach their kids to do the same. And we just love you so much. Thank you for loving us first, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
2: Thank you so much, Lacey.
1: Thank you.
0: That wraps up everything for today's episode, and we hope you enjoyed listening. If you liked today's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on all future content we release. We also want to let you know about our website, fbcbsl.org, where you can find further information on our church, our sermon library, and much more content there. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll catch you in the next one.